Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark, Monday, May 3rd. Uh, this is episode four of our show, our fourth week, going after it. And as always, we're coming to you live here on YouTube and on demand on your favorite podcast platform. And now I get to introduce my co-host who is coming off of the biggest week of his social media career, featured in a CTV news segment, and he hit us with maybe the best moment of the Canucks season, the nice guy Clay thumbs up. With this <laughs> gift tweeted by the Utica Comets, Hockey in Canada, and the Vancouver Canucks themselves, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Canuck Clay Emo. Parker, along, uh, you know, along with having this wonderful show with you, and providing insight and and good, good solid commentary. I look forward mostly to your intros. You are so good for my ego, uh, much better than my family is, which I'll get into a little bit. And uh, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, it's been a fun week. I'll, I'll say that for sure. I think I've had more fun than the Canucks have had. Uh, that's that's a guarantee. It's not a high bar, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been. I remember because I was I was out golfing and then I I literally get home and I just open Twitter. I'm like, why is his face everywhere on my on my Twitter feed? And it just it uh, it really blew up. But I mean, that was really cool. Uh, cool you. to. I mean, you're you're sort of you know you're you're kind of the like I in the first intro I said you're the OG of of Canucks YouTube and that's. It sort of, you know, it makes sense that it that out of all people, uh, it would it would come back to you. So, uh, definitely was was some good source of entertainment. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Do um, I know you're going to give me a chance to chat about? Save it for a bit. Uh, chat about what? Chat. Uh, let's let's do the let's do one more thing quickly. I don't think I yeah. introduced myself. Uh, I forgot yeah, that part today. Uh, my name is Parker. Uh, you know me as Parker's Bucks on YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, also. All you guys uh, watching live in the YouTube chat, we see you. Uh, you can leave comments all throughout the show. We're reading them all afterwards, and I have them open, so we, we skim through them as we go. Uh, also, near the end of the show, as always, we will be requesting some topics from you. So some time for you guys to think of some stuff if there's anything you want us to chat about. Uh, you can also find all of our content by clicking on the links uh, at the top of the description. You can see our, all our stuff's at the top here. Um, and lastly... Uh, we're going to try to push something new here. Uh, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you leave a good review, you can write whatever you want on them, and we'll read them out uh, on the next show. Uh, we do have one that came in from BJ Hockey a couple weeks ago. Uh, five-star review said, Love the Van Boys and the Van City Talk. Nux fan for life. And love hearing the guys chat about a passion we all share. So thank you to BJ Hockey. Uh, and yeah, so go do that. And uh, without further ado, Clay, if you want to take over and share your story here. Okay, well, I'll make sure that it's no more than two and a half minutes or so, Parker. But yes, uh, please leave a review. Even if it's four stars, I think we'll still read it. But I think we're more inclined to read it if it's five stars. Five but would be thanks better. For... <laughs> so really quickly, I am Canuck Clay on Twitter and YouTube. And basically, I got interviewed by uh, Gary Rutherford at CTV. He interviewed me at my workplace on Monday. And after we were done, I had my jersey on. He said, can you smile for the camera, Clay? I said, sure. And then he said, hold it. I said, sure. So I'm there for about three seconds. And I said, Gary, can I do my trademark thumbs up? He said, sure, just do it slowly. I said, okay. So I'm there and I did this. And I didn't know what he was going to do with it. So we're watching the, the, the episode on life. Tuesday night, the, and he the, the newscast. And then that part comes on 
And then my wife, Gail, and the kids, they're hollering at the TV. Oh, dad, you look like such a dork. What a goofball. You know, that, that's so awkward. I'm like, be quiet. Shut up. I'm trying to listen. I had to rewatch it. And then I, when I rewatched it, Parker, uh, I didn't know it was going to blow up, but I knew that I'd get poked at a little bit because it, it was awkward, but it was kind of fun. And sure enough, Mr. Booth, Chris Faber, Quadrelli, Thomas Drance went crazy with it. And then by the end of the night, Clay was trending in Canada on Twitter. And I, I won't say it's me for sure, but I clicked on the, the latest and the, the, the top tabs. And it was all that meme. Go to bed next morning. You're right. Utica, Hockey Night in Canada. And then the Canucks used it two or three times that day as well. I'll just say two things about it. Number one, sadly, man, that is not in slow motion. That's in real time. So <laughs> that's, that's a little bit embarrassing. But yes, that was in real time. It's not even slowed down. And number two, uh, the, the, the voiceover is funny because Gary was trying to explain that I've been a Canucks fan all my life, but it just looks like a painful, forced, uh, you know, yeah. resigned. Yes. And I think Suffering that adds to Yes. <laughs> I'm dead on the inside. That to, yeah. That adds to the whole, the, the whole folklore mystique, but, uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. You, you, you know that I don't mind the attention. Mm. I, and I do a good job of, of sharing the love as well to everyone who, who's uh you know, who has shared it or whatever. The one thing I wasn't sure, and I was having some discussions with some workmates is I don't know if um, it made it into gift catalogs, like for Facebook and Twitter and WhatsApp, because I would just ask because it was popular or anyone can upload a, a GIF um, if they feel like, it. I, I don't know how it works, but I'm certainly not complaining brother. Yeah. And you, you say you don't, you don't mind the attention and then you're, you're out here posting it on every single <laughs> tweet I've seen, just farming the likes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know it's good marketing. Yeah. It, it, uh, Rob, that's what Rob Faye said. He called it the best uh, free marketing. And unfortunately the Canucks are own four since the, the nice guy clay meme as Thomas Drance coined it came out. But, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with me sticking my thumb up. I think it's, uh, there's some other things that we're going to talk about today, but yeah. thank you, Parker. I, you've been messaging me throughout the week, uh, you know, affirming me and, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's um, something I didn't expect, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah. It has been a bright spot. Uh, and I, I mean, it's, it's kind of safe to say this last, the last week for the Vancouver Canucks has just been a disaster in every front, except for you on social media. That is, <laughs> that has been it. Uh, and I mean, as Canucks fans, this is, we get really good. We like over the last few years, we've been training to get so good at social media during these death marches towards the end of the yep. season. So everyone on Twitter is doing a great job of uh, of really, really milking this for all of, uh, all of its worse. Uh, yeah, we'll see if it's uh, Parker. We'll see if it's got any staying power. I have a feeling that it might actually, especially when the Canucks do well, having mm -hmm. uh, you know whenever that's going to be. But uh, we can only hope and pray, I guess. I could see well, you can hope. I'll pray. I could <laughs> see it being one of those things where if it does sort of die down, but when the Canucks do, like maybe go on a playoff run, then we yeah. can just push it back up and people yeah. people jump back on really quick. Yeah. So 2023, let's look forward to it coming resurrecting <laughs> to your window. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we might want to talk about uh, this game that happened tonight. Uh, Canucks losing to the Oilers was a five three. Well, that was the score, right? Was the final. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I stayed awake. This was honestly, I think this is the best game the Canucks played this week. Um, mm -hmm. they they actually were kind of in it for for most of the game, and I mean, I, it was the Connor McDavid show, and people coming into this game like, oh, is Ken McDavid hit a hundred points? It's like it's like yeah, he's playing like three more games against the Canucks. Like it's like and and he showed that yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a cakewalk, uh, a cakewalk for him, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, he he just he just took over. He almost hit it tonight, and it's one of those games where I have him in my keeper league year over year. So I'm, 
it's I, I love it and I hate it, right? So give me give me two points that you hit everyone with in your post game video, Parker. What did you talk about? Oh boy, oh man, what did I talk about? I tried to get through it so quickly. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll give you a, I'll give you a plus and a minus. Um, sure. One of my pluses was uh, I thought JT Miller had an excellent game. Uh, he really showed that he wanted to win and he he tried to put the team on his back and he almost did that one goal uh, where he just made that little move on McLeod, went to the backhand. Uh, it was really sweet. I uh, think JT Miller was excellent. Uh, on the minus, um, I, th- I think Hughes had a pretty bad game. Uh, mm. And uh, that really showed on the fourth Edmonton goal at the end of the second period uh, when they'd made that sort of like tic-tac-toe, four, man- four guys coming into the zone, quick little passing play. Uh, and I think it was Dominic Cahoon who scored. Uh, I, I think Quinn Hughes has been struggling lately. But again, it's one of those things where after everything these guys have been through, like, I, I'm not going to, you know, it, when one player is performing pretty much like quite a bit worse than normal after something like that, it's like, okay, well, like, this isn't this is probably a one off and I'm not worried about Quinn Hughes in the future. Yeah, great points. Agree with you on the JT Miller front. It's funny. He didn't even think about passing it to Myers, did he? He just went in and, no. and did his thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And to the Edmonton goals, you, you make a great point about the tic-tac-toe. It just shows the skill level, the discrepancy. That's what I talked about in their first and fourth goals. We're almost the same. It was all three forwards, tic-tac-toe, and the Canucks players with with you know heads on a swivel, hope he with no chance. And then the two in the middle were the one where Brody, uh, um, not Brody, uh, Barry eluded. Was it Who was it? Uh, it, yeah, it was Barry. Barry. Yeah. Where Barry eluded Pearson in the third goal where McDavid uh, walks around Hamannick and puts it through Holtby. But yeah, you just saw the skill di- discrepancy and that's the biggest thing, especially when you don't have PD. That's that really stood out to me, but you can't blame their effort. They fought back to make it one goal deficits uh, both times. They just didn't have enough finish for sure. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've seen said about Travis Green um, uh, is is sort of a systems thing, right? Uh, not often when guys like McDavid and Drysaddle on the ice, you're never seeing Edmonton dump and chase. They yeah. are getting set up in their own zone. They're making a they're making a good rush where they can have either an odd man rush or just get into the zone and make a play, but keeping possession of the puck. Um, yeah. And dump and chase hockey, fine by me if you're if. It's, you know, Highmore, Boyd, and whoever, insert player here out there, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you're looking at, you know, like a like a Hoagland or Horvat Pearson line or uh, Miller and Besser and whoever, like you're looking at players who are, they're good enough to go in and make plays, uh, especially if you're at home and you can put them out maybe against a second or third D pair. Uh, yes. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe it's like it's it's a thing that sort of bothers me because you you saw all of edmonton's goals came off of you know a couple of them came off the, came off of rushes there was the one uh, little face-off sort of set play that they had uh mm-hmm. and and they're they're just it's things that we don't really see this team do we see them dump it in go after it uh and i don't know if yeah. you know when you have a, like a Tyler Mott or a Niels Hoaglander out there who can go and win these board battles, it's one thing. But you know, uh, you you can't expect a guy like Brock Besser, who is you know a lot better with the puck than without it, to uh, to go and and sort of dig into the dirty areas when he should be getting open uh, when the team has possession in the offensive zone, ideally. Yeah. Interesting. In the chat, Parker, I just took a quick look. Just incredible said this, and a lot of people are agreeing with him. I'd love to know your take. He says. Basically, Edmonton is a two-man team. Obviously, those two men being McDavid and Dreisaitl. And he's actually got some support in there. Is that fair to say they're a two-man team? It's just that those two men are so much better than everyone else? The thing the thing is, is if you have a two-man team and those are your two men, 
so you can you can play them together and you can yeah. have 23 minutes a night where you have you can score at any you just score at will right mm-hmm. and then the rest of your lineup doesn't really matter because if, if mcdavid and drysettle want to they can just score five goals together and and the game's over right they just yeah. okay now we got to prevent three right um or you split them up, and then you just say, "Okay, each of you just go off. We'll give it. We'll give you some supporting characters like a Kyler Yamamoto, and then you can go out. Uh, you have at least someone to sort of ba- uh, bounce off of, and then just go out there. Now we have forty-five minutes of our game covered if each of them are playing like 22, 23 minutes, and then the last fifteen, you guys just go out there and survive, right? And uh, you know they're not great defensive players, but you don't have to be when you can <laughs> when you can score at will like these guys can." Great point about the two-man team. Just like, look at this two-man team. Like, exactly. no one no one can stack up at all. Exactly. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, some other some other games that happened this week, uh, they were all losses, uh, if you guys don't remember. Uh, Saturday uh, against the Maple Leafs, Thursday oh. against the Maple Leafs, and Wednesday against the Senators. All losses. So they haven't won since we last did the show. No. Great. Have they... Have the Canucks won a game since we started the show? Because they were off. No, yeah, they won the two games against Toronto. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, but they haven't won in a while. <laughs> I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, and the the thing that was at least nice about this game is we saw at least some energy and some, like there was, you could see them coming back in this game. It wasn't like, oh, they're going to come back. It was like, I could see it happening like one in 10 times, but those games against, against Toronto where it literally felt like nothing happened for 120 minutes uh, in those two games. I, I on my video on Thursday, I literally had like six notes and five of them were the goals. And I was like, yeah, you're a note taker too. So and, you know, that was bad. And I was like, literally nothing else happened. And then yeah. Saturday, nothing happened again. And I'm like, I'm not going to make another video where I say, Oh yeah, nothing happened again because that's not good content. So I just didn't make one. Uh, and then tonight, at least, there were some things that happened, so it was a little more entertaining. But sure. um, and at this point, a, a good solid effort is all we can ask for. I think. Uh, sad but true. Sad but true. And uh, one other thing, um, just because I know you and I and and people in the comments, we appreciate you. you. We know that you're there, as Parker said off the bat, and. We did talk about trying to intentionally get in there a little bit more without completely throwing our own rhythm off. But exactly what you just said, uh, C-Edit said, the, one of the bright spots about falling out of the playoff spot is that we can actually see um, some of these young players play, like a Colin, and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll get to this later, but is, is a Gadjevich or Rathbone sighting not too far either? I hope so. My fear is, with Travis Green not having a contract, that he is going to, even if the Canucks are mathematically out, He's still going to be in win mode uh, if, mm-hmm. you know, he wants, if he wants a job next year, right? Because um, yeah. I think I said last week, like, he'll have options, but his options will also have other options, right? Yeah. And if and if they see, you know, a team that just spiraled out um, for most of the season, um, basically a terrible month to start the season, a terrible month to end the season, uh, that might uh, sort of uh, uh, kill some of the shine that, that yeah. Travis Green might have around the league. You okay to talk about Travis Green for a couple minutes right now? Is that sure. cool? Sure. Let's go for it. Yeah. What do you make of those? It was funny. Donnie and Dolly had Elliot Friedman and Thomas Drantz on their show back to back. And they both basically said the same thing. They could have brought them on together, just use one of them. But yeah, that they both said they're not convinced that it's been actual, true, good, close 
contract talks that there might have been an offer, but it might not have been in the past week. And more importantly, it might not have been that close. Does that concern you? Do you and do you think that's legitimate? Yeah, so it's one of those things where, I, I mean, Dollywall came out and said that there's been an offer. Uh, his belief is that there's been an offer presented. But an yeah. offer being presented is could mean anything, right? That could it could literally be a million dollars a year less than what he wants, right? And then the Canucks sort of PR could just be like, "Hey, Rick, yeah, just just put it like we we made him an offer, you know, and mm-hmm. and that you know that's some good PR for the team." Uh, but then you know you have these other guys uh, like Dranson Friedman who might have some different sources potentially uh, who come through and say, "Yeah, they you know either it's not close or the the offer was just kind of." just like it's an offer but like do we like we don't know what the plan is going forward because i like i i guess they're keeping jim benning around next year um but if they weren't then i'd be like hey there's no reason to re-sign travis green because a new gm is going to get his own coach anyways right they're not going to sign travis green for three more years and then the new gm is going to come in and be like eh, i don't like this guy uh let's let's throw him out and it's like well we already have, we, we're, we're paying him <laughs> like yep. Fra- francesco doesn't want to do that um so it's one of those things where um that was my glimmer of hope uh in potentially a management change i was thinking well if travis green still doesn't have a contract maybe it's mm. because Francesco's thinking, well, why bother if we're going to get rid of Jim? But what we've heard from Friedman a couple weeks ago was that Jim Benning's probably still here next year because his contract might be guaranteed. So um, I'm still of the mindset where that, that Travis Green's fairly replaceable. And I think it's the, you're at the point where if you can make your, if you can spend money to make your team any better and it doesn't affect the salary cap, it's sort of your obligation to do so. But everything Mm -hmm. we've heard is that everything is budget based and yeah. if if they if like, I don't want another AHL coach, if we're getting rid of Travis Green, like we did the Willie thing, we've done the Travis Green thing. If he does leave, and I again, I think Travis Green's a fine coach, but people also thought Willie D was a fine coach coming out uh, of of the AHL, right? Do we yeah. really want to run that risk of hiring another Willie D? And maybe being stuck with him because the owner doesn't want to to fire a guy on the payroll um that's sort of my fear i i it's sort of the the devil you know versus the devil you don't right uh and i'm not saying that travis green is bad i'm saying that he's fine and that you know you might have better options out there but we don't know how much they're going to pursue sort of the big ticket uh, options you make a really good point though parker about how the futures of benning and green may be tied together i never really thought about that but that, that's true if what i hear you saying if if travis green gets a new contract, that's a signal to you that likely Jim Benning stays because, um, yeah, you're right. Why would a, a new GM or uh, be saddled with uh, a coach that he didn't, he didn't have any say over? And similarly, what you're saying then is Travis Green doesn't get a contract, even though Jim Benning's contract may be guaranteed, that actually ups the chances minimally, uh, marginally, I should say, that maybe Benning goes too because, um, they're, again, they're tied to the hip. So that's very fascinating because I've always, I've been of the one mind, no, of the mind, that I like Travis Green, I think a tiny bit more than you do, but I hear what you're saying. And I think they should sign him, but I could see where everything that's happened and the Vertan thing, that's not Benning's fault, but it's just been such a weird year that, uh, and going back to the last off season after the bubble, that maybe, maybe Francesco Aquilini may actually run out of patience with, with his, with his man, Jim Benning. I don't know. Yeah. And the whole money thing is so bizarre to me because if you actually think like, if everything comes down to you don't want to get rid of a GM because he's costing you, it'll cost you money to have two on the payroll. 
Yeah. But it's going to cost you a lot of money if the team's bad, right? Yeah. The the apathy that is starting to take over, right? Uh, you yeah. go on Twitter and it's just people like sitting on their patio with a drink and be like, what, you guys are watching the Canucks game? Like, why would you do that to yourself? And it's like, well, because I chose to make videos on this team this year. Uh, that was a smart year to start. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's one of those things where, where apathy is, is a big issue, right? You, that's when you start with this year it doesn't really show. But next year, if this team comes back with the same team, there might be a bit of a boost from people being like, oh, we can go outside again. We can go to Canucks games. But yeah. there also might be the people who are like, well, I don't want to support this team financially. Like, I don't I don't want to pay, you know, $120 to go to a to go to a marquee matchup potentially. Yeah. Uh, or I don't want to I don't even want to pay $50 to go watch the Columbus Blue Jackets on a Tuesday night. Right. Sure. So it, that's when you'll start to see, uh, you know, when it's actually hitting, hitting the wallet yes. where it's like, oh, this there's people that don't that like aren't wanting to be here. And the people that are right. wanting to be here are not getting their money's worth because this team is hasn't changed in a while. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's they can't really see it now. But, you know, if if ticket sales, uh, which leads to obviously loss of concession and mm -hmm. merch sales go way down uh, and things like that, then, you know, that's that's when you'll start to see change. And I think if fans were allowed in the building this year, you'd be seeing it now. You would be seeing yeah. no one in the stands. You'd be seeing yeah. tickets on resale markets for twenty five bucks. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. If you do watch Columbus on a Tuesday night, you see Patrick Liney on the fourth line. Uh, but my, I was talking to my if brother earlier today, and he was saying, first 15, 20 uh, games in, if Benning's here, the fire Benning chants are going to be very similar to the fire Gillis chants. So my brother thinks that even if he survives the summer and fans in, in a limited capacity are allowed in the arena, there might be so much unrest, kind of what you're hinting at, Parker, that hmm. he might not survive the first third of the season. It's so crazy. Yeah, and that's a little bit dangerous too, because now I'm thinking, yes. like, if if we're getting to the point where the where the ownership is that reactionary to things like this, and it's like, okay, so you're gonna let you're going to let Jim Benning run uh, another draft and another free agency period, and then you're gonna throw him out right after it's like well why maybe you should have brought in someone that that was that was better uh before the draft and before free agency uh so i i don't know i uh, i'm hoping that if change gets made the sooner the better because we still have the second longest tenured gm in the nhl uh and a team that's made the playoffs uh twice during his tenure yep yep wow so promising so optimistic yeah uh if you guys weren't uh if you guys wanted to do some good news um cole lind cole lind has been good uh <laughs> started out in the bottom six a, a few nights ago yeah. against toronto uh he was in the top six by the end of that first game uh, and he hasn't left it and uh it's kind of because there isn't really anyone else that could fill that role, right? Like they they tried VC, they tried Highmore, they tried McEwen in that yeah. top six, and it's like, well, at least Coland has some sort of offensive upside, and you know they're just you're just plugging holes at this point. But he played over 17 minutes in his first game, nearly 16 mm -hmm. minutes in the second game. I don't know how much he played tonight. I don't know if you uh, if you check. Yeah, I can look that up. I have it right here. He played a grand total of. Yeah, uh, 15. So he's gone 17, 16, 15. Okay. So still getting decent ice time, but in the top six yeah. in a game that you're losing, you'd think he would play a little bit more. But I mean, he's not getting special teams time, uh, really. 
Uh, although I guess there weren't really any penalties tonight. There was like two, um, but you know, I think he's been fine. Uh, and again, all you, all you want is for him to get his legs under him, right? This is a guy who, uh, got into the AHL and he struggled. He struggled in his first year in the AHL and then he got comfortable and he, and he worked his way up and then he was really good. And I could, you know, it's, it's one of those things where all you want is to, is to get, you know, get guys used to the NHL, get the, get him used to game speed for next year. Right. So that way he can come into camp, he can compete. And that's why we want to see guys like Gadjevich and Rathbone potentially get some time, because if they do, then we know what you, you know what you have, right. And it helps you plan for the off season. And when I made my video about why Cole Lynn needed to play, yeah, that was because of you, that was my main point was if this season's a write-off, don't you want to know what you have going into the next one? Because that can shape the draft. For, not really yep. the draft, but it can shape free agency at least, right? You can see, you can be like, oh, uh, Cole Lind actually could be a good third-line player for us. Let's mm-hmm. let's slot him in there and keep that in mind for the moves we make in the offseason. Or you can bring in Rathbone and be like, wow, this kid's actually going to be a stud. Now we know that we have one less, uh, one less spot on our defense to fill. Or... Mm. He could come in and he can just, you can be like, oh, actually he's, he, he, I don't think he has it. Like, I don't, I don't think he's cut out for it. We're going to need to like find something elsewhere. And it's just valuable information. Yeah. And you could tell Travis Green liked him. You're right. He got 17 minutes in his first game. And that's a total that none of VC, Boyd, Highmore, Harlock, none of them have even, Michaelis, Gravak, none of them have reached that total already this uh, season. Jimmy VC played like 22 minutes in his first game. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But now he's averaging, yeah, 10 or 12. Yeah. Good point. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the correction. It was, un- it was not deserved. And I just saw, I peeked over, Shafin said, Colin is a bottom six grinder, nothing more replacement level. I, I wouldn't say he's, the, I think he can be a lot more than that, especially if, if he if they move him to the middle, like they did with Pedersen, remember Pedersen was a winger and they wanted to put try him as a center here. That actually might solve, not perfectly, but a bit of this conundrum we have where Godet's gone. Madden was gone prior to that, who we thought Godet would be able to, you know, to, to hold off for a position. And if Beagle's hurt next season to start off, we're going to need someone. And the setter doesn't come back. I've always said, if you can get Travis Boyd for under a million, if he does well in the final dozen games, Maybe he can be your fourth line center, but maybe Colin, he's not, we're talking, not talking about a third line winger. Maybe it's a third line center. And wouldn't that be a nice little bonus? Yeah, it, it does get a little risky to be hoping yeah. to convert somebody because some people just, they just can't translate. Right. Um, and, and, and you see that uh, all the time, but I mean, saying that he, he's a grinder and he's replacement level. I mean, yeah, he is maybe right now. But he's 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 22 and he's played three NHL games, right? Yeah. Where we he like let's wait till he plays like 50, 100 games and actually be like, okay, we can start to see either he's progressing or he's not, right? Mm. Uh, and that's that's going to be a, a big key. And if if you can go and you can see him start to get better next year as he adjusts to the NHL, then you know, okay, then you know, then we can start to say, okay, maybe he'll be a second line player, uh, maybe he can slot on the second line, or maybe he'll just be a third liner, which is fine. You need yeah. those. <laughs> you need third liners who can do something. Uh, yes. So I, you know, um, I, I think it's way too early to call anyone um, a bust or call anyone um, someone who's not going to make it um, unless they're Travis Boyd. <laughs> a perfect segue about about the whole, just really quickly about the whole bust or giving these guys 50 to 100 games. Imagine though, if Lind Gajevich 
which still a big if, and Rathbone still an if, if they all hit Di Pietro and Pedersen, that's five guys from the same draft class. Yeah. That's pretty impressive when you hope to hit on one and two is considered a good year. Conceivably, three years from now, we could say we hit on five of those guys. That would be very impressive. Yeah, that's a. it was a high potential draft. It was a lot of yeah. high ceilings, especially a guy like Rathbone, right? Because yeah. uh, he was going back to high school that year that he got drafted. <laughs> and it was one of those things where it's like, this kid, like he's got the legs, uh, but it, but he's either going to really have it or he's really not. And for yeah. everything we've seen, he might have it. Like for even yeah. the, even the, his short stint in the AHL, you know, and I mentioned this uh, in a previous episode, but we there was the quote that uh, someone uh, who watches the Utica games uh, basically said like he's he skates, he walks the line better than any AHL player I've ever seen. Wow. It's like, well, that's, that's a heck, that's a lot of praise. Uh, I mean, the AHL isn't usually a super high skill league. It's more of a sort of grinder league. Um, yep. But I mean, with the kids, what, 20 and he, he or 21, maybe. And he just came out of Harvard. Like that's not really a, a big hockey program per se. It's not terribly small, but I mean, if he can, if he can pull it out, then that, that would be huge. Absolutely. We can hope. We can yeah, hope. We can hope. Uh, where do you want to go next here? I saw it in the show notes. Would you like to speak about JV18 just sure. quickly? Yeah. So I had a bit to say about this. Um, so obviously you guys have all heard uh, the Jake Vertana news. Uh, the club statement, uh, if you guys you guys probably saw it, but the club statement was, uh, we've become aware of the concerning allegations made about Jake Vertana. Our organization does not accept sexual conduct or sexual misconduct of any kind, and the claims as reported are being treated very seriously. We've engaged external expertise to in- assist in an independent investigation. The players placed on leave as we await more information. Now, I don't think there's much we can really say here or add to the conversation. Um, I think Thomas Drantz put it really well in The Athletic, uh, where he says, this requires empathy and care. Uh, it's really, it's a, it's a matter for the investigators to handle. Uh, it's sort of a tough balancing act where we need to take allegations like this seriously, of course, because this is you know a very serious topic. Uh, it has devastating, lasting impacts on really a terrifyingly high number of people um obviously uh, sexual misconduct or abuse of any kind by anyone uh, is completely reprehensible uh and victims they des- you deserve to be heard and be taken seriously uh and of course at the same time look jake's entitled to his presumption of innocence that the that the government allows that the laws allow so really i don't think there's much we can say we're not going to speculate on anything we're not going to talk about how this impacts the hockey team because it's way bigger than that um so i think our the, all we can really do is sort of sit back uh wait until uh, the investigations come through, uh, see what sort of transpires and, uh, and go from there. Well said, Parker. I appreciate your, yeah, the, the dignity and class that you give the subject that, that it deserves. And you're right. It, it's too premature to talk about who said what and what's going to happen. And we have to be, we have to show empathy for any, uh, the, the accuser and anyone who's, who's suffered through something like this. I can only speak to how it made me feel, right? And that's fair. I can talk about that because this is about me. Uh, and I want to hear how you felt. I, I know we traded messages that day because we're buddies. And we both didn't even want to feel like turning on our camera and turning on our, our computers that day because it just put kind of this kind of pall or this fog over, at least over me. And it actually made me unmotivated for a day. And not, I was just sad, I, I think. Just sad all around and a year that's already sad for a lot of people. 
And yeah, I, I think that's, that's what, what I'll say about it is it just, it affected me just, it's a sad situation all around. And yeah, it's probably wise not to say too much until we know mm. more. Yeah. And it's, it's bigger than like our YouTube channels. It's bigger than us making yeah. a video about it. Uh, it's something yeah. that really all we all, the only thing that we could do is, you know, read the statement and, and give up our thoughts, which are, are pretty obvious. Um, it's, it's extremely serious. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's all we really have to say on it. Um, sure. Well, thank you for addressing it though. I think, I think it's good that we did, Yeah. but I think, uh, there's other stuff we can talk about too. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, uh, to your favorite player as we've, as we, <laughs> we, he has somehow come up in every episode because there's always <laughs> something going on about the big man, Nikita Trampkin. Now yeah. it's over. It's over. Nikita Trampkin has signed a two-year extension in the KHL. He will not be Canucks property when that contract expires. He will be a UFA. He'll be free to sign with anybody. The saga is over. He's not coming back, folks. He's not coming to save the team. He's not coming to take up $2 million of our cap space. He's, he's It's over. And I think it's one of those things where whether he would have been a good player or not, or a waste of cap space or not, it's one of those things where it's been talked about so much and I'm just, I'm just happy, happy it's over. I will say this. It's not even a last word. It's not a mic drop. I'm not here to mic drop on players or other people or other vloggers. I've just said from the start, I, I don't know if he's worth the drama, right? I've said that on this, uh, this show. I've said that definitely on my own channel. I think people just like to goad me and bait me into talking about him. Um, I don't have anything against him. I, I so badly wanted him to, if he came over on a decent contract and proved me and many other naysayers wrong, awesome. That makes yeah. our team better. But I just had a sneaky feeling that this was going to go down the same road that it did last summer, and it did. Now, we don't know how far apart they were in negotiations. Benning is saying that he gave an offer, and then Trampkin understood the offer but chose to stay in Russia, whereas Trampkin's agent is saying, no, that the offer wasn't good enough. I'm guessing, Parker, that they offered him between 1 and 1.25, maybe 1.5 of the max. And I think Trampkin thinks, exactly, you said that he's probably a 1.75, $2 million player. That's mm. my guess. It's not based on anything I've heard. That's just kind of where I think the Canucks would land, want to land with him. Yeah, we're, like you said, we're not prideful enough to say, you know, <laughs> like we, if, if, he, if he came to the team and he was actually good, we would eat our words and be happy. Like, oh, you know, like ecstatic. If, if it makes the team better, we are happy. Uh, and so, so Rick Dollywall, uh, this is where I kind of get bugged. Uh, Rick Dollywall believes that the Arizona Coyotes made an offer at the deadline for Nikita Trampkin. Now, so, yeah, I saw that. If you're the Canucks, the, the Canucks must have thought that they were going to get Nikita Trampkin over in my mind, or at least thought they had at least a 50% chance because if Arizona comes to you and they offer you like a fifth or a sixth or a seventh, and he's not going to resign with you as a UFA and he's staying in Russia for two years, you take it and you run, right? And even yep. if then he does come to the NHL and say he plays well for Arizona, well, then you can always fall back on and be like, nah, Nick, he didn't, he didn't want to play for us. We, we made the mm -hmm. trade and, and yep. that's that. Um, my, my first thought was, oh, well, maybe they don't want to trade him to a team in the same division, but Arizona's not in the Pacific division next year because <laughs> of Seattle coming in. So, uh, I don't know. I, I wish they got anything for him, but I'm not going to lose sleep over a potential seventh round pick. Yep. Well said. Well said. The fact that they did not part with them, you're right. Meaning they probably thought they had a, a good chance at signing him. So something went awry somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, injuries have yeah. been a, a thing lately. Uh, we we saw Tyler Myers get hurt tonight. Um, we've seen, I think Myers got hurt twice tonight, to be honest. Uh, we saw Brandon Sutter get hurt uh, and Mark Michaelis, both of them out with upper body injuries. We saw Demko get hurt uh, last week. Um, I mean, <laughs> we, we kind of saw this coming, right? Uh, Craig taking three and a half weeks off being not allowed to exercise. That's part of the protocol. <laughs> They're saying all you do is rest. You're not allowed to move. Uh, and then, all right, now you got to You got to play 30 games and or 19 games in 31 days or whatever it is. Uh, who, who could have seen that this might get players injured? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. And you know, what's crazy Parker is usually what position on the Canucks between goaltender Defense and forward. Traditionally, what what position are we hurting at at the end of the year? It's usually defense. I yeah. mean, I mean they they <laughs> yeah yeah. And that's that's my point. This year we got all healthy guys. Like we we're able to slot in Ulevi, Chatfield, whoever. But we have eight or nine rostered forwards that are hurt. That mm. is crazy. Yeah, I didn't even mention Tyler Mott. Uh, obviously yeah. got hurt last game uh, and. <laughs> You, then you you have to start filling holes with guys like Tyler Grayevac, who yeah he's not he's not an NHL player uh, yeah. <laughs> like he's you know he's he'll he'll be good in the AHL um, yeah. but like he's he's he shouldn't be in the NHL and that's that's what happens when you literally have your like you're just decimated at forward um, we had our first four penalty killers out tonight uh, between Mott Sutter Beagle and Roussel <laughs> yeah literally all all of the penalty killing forwards Hold were. Wow, I didn't even think about that. And, and this is where where I sort of come back to, where people are like, "Well, th- like, good they called up Gadjevich. Is he going to get to play?" And like, someone asked Travis Green this, and he said, "You know, you know, we're sort of hoping he'll play, but I'm not going to go and tell you exactly when and where." Um, yeah. Which I was like, "Okay, yeah. okay, Travis, <laughs> uh, we weren't really asking that, but yeah, thanks for nothing, yeah, exactly." Yeah, uh, but I mean, if if these injuries keep piling up, right? And I mean, you lose. You know a Tyler Mott, uh, and then you know let's say, you know someone else goes down, maybe even like a Highmore or something. Uh, obviously, I don't want people to get hurt, but I I don't think it's too crazy to say that with you know the Canucks obviously play again tomorrow. Uh, they're you know they're cramming so many games in here that you know they're they're gonna there's gonna be more people hurt or that need maintenance days or rest or yeah. anything of that nature. I it's yeah. not I I I would put money on it. The Gadjevich will play at least a few games uh, to end off the season. Uh, obviously, unless something happens to him, but you know, I, I think, I think that's pretty much a guarantee. I agree. And ditto for Edler. If Edler's on fumes by that, those last three games against Calgary that no one's going to care about, but they're still going to play them for the sake of completion. Why not put a Rathbone in on the left side and see what happens? Although, you know, if, if it is Edler's going to be Edler's last year, I, I, I get maybe he might want to play, but you know, that's not for me to decide, but yes, Hey, I was thinking if we want to get to everyone in the last, you know, for the last 10 to 15 minutes, should, do you want to do our quick um, preliminary picks for our, our year end awards? Yeah, I think that would be be really good. Um, I know so you're going to come at me for one of them. <laughs> yeah, I actually I, I've, I've made some changes to my list since uh, since your tweet, because uh, I saw that <laughs> I had different things from a couple other. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty happy with with my picks. Um yeah. Should we do them real quick? Oh, I just wanted to mention on the other thing. There, oh, yeah. uh, if Adler's at 99 goals, he will not be taken out of the lineup. 
uh, especially if it is so? his last year. If it's his last, if if he goes like if if Travis goes up to him and is like, are, are you done this year? And he says yes, then it's like, hey, he's playing every game and he's gonna get that hundredth goal. Uh, yeah. If the Canucks are up by one and a team pulls their goalie, Alex Edler will play the last three minutes of the game. <laughs> like they'll do whatever they can at four uh, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially you know if the playoffs are done, which they're they're going to okay. be, especially uh, by then. Why I can see that. You know, it's it's a legacy thing. Um, yeah. Although I I do hope uh, Edler sort of gets a last hurrah in front of some fans. Um, True. Even though he's a super dirty player, according to to Leafs fans, very um, dirty. Let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks award voting. So they announced the Vancouver Canucks put out today that uh, voting is open, so you can go put your votes in for who you think should get the Canucks awards this year. Uh, there are four awards. There is the Unsung Hero Award, uh, uh, the Most Exciting Player, the Best Defenseman, and the MVP. Let's start at the top of the list here. Unsung Hero. Who do you got? I have Travis Hamanick. I like that pick. Yeah, he didn't even finish. Yeah, not didn't finish. He he missed a lot of the season. He was horrible when he started yep. uh, because he didn't even play in the bubble. So he was already uh, a couple weeks behind everyone else. But I really think he solidified not only his game, Quinn Hughes's game, and the the game of the entire defense when we had that really good stretch in March before COVID took us down. I like the way he gets shots to the net. I like the way he stands up for his teammates. He's willing to fight. To me, that all screens unsung hero. He's not going to get the flash and dash of, of Hughes or the notoriety of Edler and Myers and Schmidt. Um, so as an unsung hero, I'm going with Travis Habenick. Okay, I've got two. And okay. everyone's going to roast me for my first one. And I'm literally, this is because I don't have him as my most exciting player. But I have Niels Hoaglander here. And ah. you can argue that he's sung, and I would agree with you. But we're talking we're talking about a player who has 20 points who deserves more. Uh, yep. Obviously, you know, lots of people have him as their, as their most uh, ex- exciting player. But I think what's really unsung about Niels Hoaglander, and my favorite part about his game, it's not his skill level. Yeah, he's got some skill. He can make some moves. I, I, I love his game. But the part I love most about his game is the fact that he wins every single puck battle that he's in. He goes yep. into the corners against like strong defensemen, and he's half their size, and he just goes in, and he takes the puck for them, from them. Or he loses the puck battle, and then three seconds later, he's back on them and taking the puck away. And that's... Yeah. That like that's super valuable, but my um, my second choice is uh, it's J T Miller, and that's mm-hmm. big uh, mostly because he sort of had a roller coaster of a season. You know, he had COVID at the beginning, uh, or didn't have COVID, but he was on COVID protocol at the beginning of the season, um, and he had a lot of points early, but he wasn't playing well early. But he's really emerged as a leader, uh, in my opinion, especially after the COVID outbreak, right when. Uh, when Horvat couldn't go out because he was on protocol and he went out to the media, answered the questions, spoke, you know, the truth on how him and the team was feeling. And I think while his on ice performance ha- uh, wasn't great earlier in the season, and that sort of led to him sort of flying uh, at least someone under the radar a little bit less uh, now because he's been a lot better lately. Uh, I think he deserves uh, some votes uh, in something. Uh, and that's sort of where I fall on that. Cool. And some would argue that he should be the MVP for for speaking up when he did. So everyone in the chat, let's see yours. Who is your unsung hero for the Canucks? Um, Put them down. We might not get to all of them, but we'll we'll take a look um, Mm -hmm. later for sure. Okay. What do you want to go next? Keep going down the list. Most exciting player. Okay. For this one, I you mentioned him. I do have Niels Hoglander here. I think uh, for a lot of the things you mentioned, yeah, his decision-making still isn't the best, but what can you expect from a rookie? 
But I do like the fact that he's tantalized us with tempting us with that lacrosse goal yeah. <laughs> a, a couple times. And yeah, maybe it's slowed down a little bit as, as he's kind of hit the wall a tiny bit, but when he, whenever he gets the puck, whether there's a slapper front streaking down the left side, going right through uh, David Riddich or or battling, um, I do like his game. So I'm going with Hoglander. I yeah, I think that's the consensus pick. Uh, I went through Twitter and just like everyone's reply was Niels Hoglander. Mm. Uh, for me, it's Brock Besser, um, mm-hmm. and it's just because of that shot being back. Um, I just remember how the electricity of his rookie season when every time he touched the puck. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy, he 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 can score from mm-hmm. like he just can. Uh, every time he loads up a shot, like I'm just I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, he's gonna rip one here. Uh, he had a great shot today on that goal. Um, yes, uh, and just the fact that he's back to 100, uh, you know, physically, uh, it's just it's just lethal, uh, and, and that's why I have him as my most exciting player. All right, people are agreeing with you there uh, in, in the chat, which is good. One guy said, most exciting, leave it blank. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next up, uh, best defenseman. Okay, you know, um, I was I was leaning Tyler Myers, and I had no problem saying that because I think he has been consistent. But maybe I'm a little bit biased. I'm going to pick Nate Schmidt here. I think uh, Schmidt, after a slow start, um, and not just because of his goal tonight, he still does uh, the, the odd error here and there, the bad uh, turnover. But I think he's been much more consistent than Hughes, if not as flashy, and a little more solid than Myers. And I, I can't pick Edler Hamnick or or Ulevi or Chatfield here, so I'm going with Nate Schmidt. I went with Nate Schmidt as well. Uh, oh, we agree on one. Good. Yeah. So, like, he's had some bad bounces this year. Like, literally, yeah. like pucks just going off of him and into the Canucks net a few times. Uh, but I think he's been pretty solid. Uh, his offense maybe hasn't been sort of up to the level that we expected. Um, but I think he's been better defensively than most of us thought he would be. And mm-hmm. I mean, you sort of look at the other choices, right? Like Edler's been pretty meh, I think this year. Myers has a bunch of good plays, but also has a bunch of just boneheaded plays at the at the same time. Uh, Hughes hasn't been himself this year. I think Hamannick's been fine, uh, and then Uolevi's been fine, but it's only played twenty one games. So Nate yeah. Schmidt, just sort of by process of elimination, is my number one. But I also do think he's been uh, he's been pretty good. Oh, by the way, for the record, who did you actually choose if you had to pick one for your unsung? Is it Hoglander or is it Miller? Um, it's probably Miller. Okay. Um, okay. MVP. Yeah. So um, before we last on. week, yeah, I had Brock um, for the first half, Demko for the second half, especially before COVID, not so much after. But then I, I stepped back, Parker, and I, I look back, and I think Bo has shown leadership. He's actually played well. He's only had one... Um, uh, pointless streak of four uh, four games and one of three and Besser had the exact same thing and Besser broke his tonight which was good he was actually in it right now but um, I, I'm not saying that Besser and and Demko are not valuable they most they mostly are for sure but I I just like the consistency of Bo both on the ice what we see and the small parts we've seen from off the ice so I'm actually going with him I think he's been very valuable to the team in this very tumultuous season now i said i was going to argue with you that's a it's a really good choice uh, and i i don't think you can be you can really be faulted for it but i'm going everyone in the chat's with me here it's it's thatcher demko uh mm-hmm. coming his first year as a bona fide starter he's got a yep. 913 save percentage the man is i'm i brought stats he is sixth in the nhl in save percentage above expected with yep. uh, so he's zero point eight percent higher than his expected. So with the defense in front of him and the way the Canucks have been playing, he's expected an average goalie should have a nine oh five, 
and he has a 913, which is mm. a difference of seven and a half goals, right? And with how close the Canucks games are, that's probably five wins. Um, yeah. The only people ahead of him, Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, who's actually leading the league, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, Mike Smith, Connor Hellebuck, and Smith and Hellebuck are there because they also have pretty bad defenses in front of them uh, just in this mm-hmm. division. But And that's just among goalies that have played 20 games. Uh, but like he has been... Uh, uh, he's been so good and he's kept the Canucks in a bunch of games and that that stretch um, before the COVID uh, outbreak where the Canucks were sort of getting on a bit of a run uh, yeah. and it was Demko and it was that's true. it was like yep hope he's not playing anymore because why would yeah. he when Demko's just lights out um, I think he had one stretch of like I remember I remember the Sportsnet graph and it was like last six games because like a 935 and he single-handedly kept the dream alive at least a little longer than it might have been Right, right. No, you make really good points, and I could see it would make sense if Demko does win it for sure. So your picks are Miller, Hoglander, Schmidt, Demko. Correct. Uh, Miller, Besser, Schmidt, oh, Besser. And Demko. Right, and I went Hamannick. Um, I don't Hoaglander. even know what the second category was. Exciting players: Hoglander, yeah. and then Schmidt, and then Horvat. Right. Yeah. Again. Okay. So. Fine, I took all the guys whose last name start with the H, basically. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. Uh, there's okay. like 80 people uh, in here, which is the highest, awesome. we, the highest we've hit. Uh, if you guys haven't, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're here every Monday night. Company, and, uh, and go give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a review, uh, we'll read it out uh, on, on the next show. So go uh, go do that, and uh, and we'll, we'll mention you. Uh, also, we have a blank segment here. Uh, last 10 minutes, we try to leave for you guys. Uh, so if you guys want uh, us to talk about certain things, whatever I, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, think up some topics, whatever you guys want us to hit on, uh, we will do so. So leave those in the chat. Mm-hmm. Why are all I will these... say, well, I'll let you pull up the next one. I know um, someone mentioned in here, and they, they did reach out to me about running that marathon. And I, I think uh, both the writer and I have acknowledged that that's impossible. I, I can barely run to my car to, if, if I'm late somewhere. So I might start with a 5 or 10K. Although yeah. you, Parker, look like the type who could bang out a marathon. With, I, I can with, do a 10K, but yeah. I, I couldn't really walk after that. So okay. <laughs> um, okay, I'll try 5K then. Okay, I got a good one. Uh, the Tom Wilson stuff from today. Oh. Uh, did you, are you, did you follow all that? I saw it. Did you see the Washington Capitals tweet? That they deleted, right? It took them 30 minutes to delete it. It what had like 2000 quote tweets. Yeah. They said, uh, at Capitals chooses. And then it was like violence. And then it was just a picture of Tom Wilson. And it was like the meme. And it was like, it's just a bunch of like zoomer humor. Um, and it was like, this was a, this is a dirty player. Like the, it was in such bad taste it was just an awful look and they it took them half an hour to delete i wonder if they maybe got a call <laughs> it was like it was like hey tom wilson's getting suspended <laughs> like maybe don't have this up yeah. um it was it was ugly so he punched buchnevich in the head yeah. a couple times panarin tries to save him and then he slams panarin to the ice and panarin's not wearing his helmet right i didn't want i only watched the the buchnevich part Okay, um, which I yeah. thought was was pretty bad, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was, I don't think it's the worst thing Tom Wilson's done, but it's Tom Wilson, and he has yeah, so repeatedly shown that he's just he's a yeah. danger to everyone on the ice. So good on Panarin. Panarin comes and Panarin's 
a goal scorer. He's not a fighter, right? He jumps on Wilson's back and Wilson kind of, it's kind of like wrestling when you look around and see who's on your back. Yeah. And he actually, he wrestles him to the ground and it was scary because on some angles, it looks like Panarin's head hits the ground. Mm. And then they, he came back, he didn't come back with a lower body injury. So he could have got hurt there. But there's also another time where Panarin was kind of um, tied up with the refs as they're, they're trying to separate the guys. And it's one of those where, you know, when you're, when you're sitting on your legs, you kind of bend back and your legs, you're, you're on your knees kind of thing. Yeah. So it could be, you know, his, his thighs, his quads. Yeah. It, it looked, it was just ugly all around, man. That's, when you watch uh, it later. That's called the oh. scorpion when that happens, when your, oh. when your body bends backwards like that. Uh, all right. Yeah. You want to find the next one? Sure. Um, someone just said good question. C edit. So I better find C edit's question. <laughs> <laughs> he usually has good. Oh, that was the Tom Wilson one. Oh, okay. Sorry, well, that, I always so forget to I always forget to shout out who dropped the question in there. That is my bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess we didn't talk about the Kraken being in the league uh, officially. Oh, yeah. So they're they are in. Um, Anna asked who we think the Canucks will lose to the Kraken. I think I think that's a video coming up on, on my end. Okay, so we won't spoil it. Or but I, we I, use... I, I, I think it's it's been played out uh, quite a bit. Um, there's a few players it could be, and I don't. It's not going to be Braden Holpe. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what's who, who do you who do you think? Um, well, I will gonna... say um, that I, I think the consensus is the the seven guys they're going to protect up front are the big four of Horvat, Pedersen, uh, you know, Besser, and Miller. Then Pearson with the handshake deal with his new contract. And then if you don't want to lose, for instance, Lyndon Mott, then it might be a Zach McEwen. It might be someone like that, perhaps. Yeah, and I think I think if that's your worst case scenario, then I I'm not you too can concerned. Yeah, yeah. Like it, or, or if it's a it's a Jay Beagle or a Roussel, which I don't think they'll take, but I uh, or a, a Jimmy VC, uh, who's I guess a UFA, so that doesn't make sense. But um, I, I, I'm not too concerned. I think whoever they take, it's not a crushing blow to the team. Yeah. Uh, guys like you, Levy aren't going to be eligible. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not really worried about the expansion draft. It will be interesting to see what they do in other cases though. Um, and this could change if the Canucks do make a move in the off season to maybe bring in a player that uh, another team can't protect. And that might sort of push everyone else down the lineup a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see. Noah asks, do you think Chatfield has the potential to be like Edler? I'm not super high on Chatfield. Me um, neither. I think he played pretty well the other night. Uh, and I remember mentioning that in my video that he had a really good game, but I just, I don't really see it. I mean, how old is he? He's like yeah. 24 by now. 96 no. birthday yeah he's he's turns 25 in two weeks like he's we're, we're getting to that point where yep. he's sort of going to be right on the fringe i think we're at the point where if the canucks are a good team jalen chatfield is not in the lineup and he's not he's not on the main roster uh and mm-hmm. he's not in the press box <laughs> like he is in the I ahl do. on a good team uh he's gonna be one of those players that i think will probably get moved or just you know let go as a ufa end yep. up on whatever team is bad that needs just a D-man to fill a hole. Uh, and I think that's sort of going to be uh, what happens with Chatfield. Yeah. Now, this isn't a question, but uh, a couple people hinted at it, and I've talked about it. I would be, I'd love you to, to know your thoughts, Parker. Would you be okay with a left side on D in two or three years of Hughes, Rathbone, Yolevi? Or does that scare you? I like it. In two to three years, that doesn't scare me at all. 
because uh, okay. we're talking about, and it does depend who they're with, right? Because um, yeah. if it's if it's them with a bunch of rookies on the right, then it's like okay, that's yeah. a little a little scary. But under um, contract, it will be Myers and Schmidt. They'll still be here, yeah. right? Uh, you're not. It's not a physical group, um, which yeah. doesn't bother me personally, but it bothers NHL coaches and NHL managers. Um, I think whoever the coach or the manager is, uh, will be, I mean, you look at Toronto, right? Toronto had that, Mm -hmm. they were too soft for, for years. Um, and now, now they got Simmons and Thornton and Spezza and they're strong and they're winning games. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. they've also just, they also have a guy who could score 65 goals in a season, uh, which, which also helps. Um, I'm of the opinion where like, you know, a, a soft team, if you're fast enough, it doesn't really matter. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, but I don't see it being a, uh, I don't see it being a thing that sort of NHL coaches are going to get behind anytime really yeah. soon. Yeah. Did, refresh me. Did, did we admit, I know I've always admitted that I'm not a big prospects guy. How's your prospects knowledge for this year? Not high. Um, I ha I'm, I'll be doing some studying, uh, before the draft, probably around the yeah. draft lottery. Uh, I'll do some right. studying and do a draft lottery sort of special, um of some sort um but yeah i haven't really i haven't really kept up yet you know what's funny parker i i i'm not afraid to admit that i know nothing about prospects i leave it to guys who know a lot about prospects to fill me in and then once the canucks draft the prospect then i'll do my best to learn yeah. about him and a perfect example for me is is elias Pettersson. when we drafted him fifth overall i knew nothing about him yeah i knew nothing but then i did a video about him pretty quick and it was it was actually one of my best videos because people those things are kind of have longe- longevity right people mm-hmm. will go back to it five reasons why this was a good pick but i knew zilch about him and i could probably say that about 99 percent of the the top picks this year too yeah we'll have to uh we'll have to have a prospects <laughs> expert on the show when we get yeah, basically to the anyone that's not us yes uh <laughs> um cole caulfield uh this is justin uh, justin yep. Cable coming through with this one uh, Cole Caulfield, two straight overtime winners. I was doing my my live stream uh, during the game on Saturday, and ah. right when the game ended, they switched to the Montreal game, and he scored. Um, I didn't watch the rest of those games. I've only seen the two overtime goals. Um, but I mean, this the kid can shoot the puck. I, I mean, yeah. we knew that when he got drafted. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he he can score. <laughs> yeah. No, he'll. He's going to be something special. And people were, were calling that ever since the 2019 draft. Yeah, um, yeah no, he'll, he'll be fine. And to be in a big hot, hockey hotbed like Montreal, I, I think he's set up to succeed for sure. And I think Arsenal coming through with the best question we've had so far. Um, thoughts on the TNT deal. Uh, so hockey in the States. Uh, do you think it's a sign that hockey is becoming more global? So I made a video when the ESPN deal got signed uh, yes. a month ago or so. Um, and that was because I researched that video about a month before it happened. Like I was ready Ah. for it. And the moment it happened, I was like, all right, I got the script ready. Um, I think it's really good. Uh, because before we had the big games were on NBC, which is fine. It's cable channel. Everyone gets it, um, in the States, but most games were on NBCSN, which doesn't have a lot of subscribers to it, or they were on like USA network. Um, and there was just no reach and being only on one network uh, can can be tough but now going to ESPN which is the sports channel right like uh-huh. and you're going to start getting guys talking hockey who don't normally talk hockey which is going to be cringy when guys like Stephen A Smith are yelling about 
the New York Rangers or whatever um, and not knowing anything. But that's it's good for the game overall, right? It brings more money into the sport. It gets more people playing the sport. Uh, I mean, you can go back to the whole story of when Gretzky went to LA and how, what that did for hockey in the States, right? No one cared about hockey in California uh, before that happened. Uh, So it's one of those things where getting it in front of a lot of eyeballs. And I I think TNT, I think they're also doing uh, some stuff with Bleacher Report as well. uh, Mm. Sort of trying to cater to that younger audience, people sort of growing up. Uh, In my opinion, it can only be good for the sport. Yeah, it certainly can't hurt. And We've seen these partnerships with the whole ESPN, TNT, ABC, NBA partnership. And sometimes it gets a little confusing. You don't know what games can be on what station, especially around Christmas time. But you're right, Parker. They cover all their bases. And one of the funny things that you mentioned is all these new personalities. You could argue that the NBC guys were getting a little stale too. And I think that this is going to bring in, yeah, some really new voices, up-and-comers, some people who might not traditionally be hockey people. But I think it's going to be a jolt of energy, a jolt, uh, you know, breath of fresh air. I almost said a jolt of fresh air. I think I mixed two, uh, you know, uh, whatever sayings there. But yes, uh, a jolt of energy, a breath of fresh air to hockey fans and to the NHL overall. And of course, uh, the money doesn't hurt either. Yeah. And I mean, ESPN, you you got, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I go back to my childhood, which was like yeah. watching uh, like the Canucks in Detroit in like 2002. Right. And that was, I remember that was on ESPN Uh, and like, again, get a bunch of games like that. Uh, And like, if they can get a guy like Gary Thorne back potentially, like that's big. And I'm just thinking TNT wise, Charles Barkley is a big hockey fan. I know that. And yes, if they can, if TNT can replicate somehow what they've done on the NBA side, because that there, you watch like Sportsnet's intermission shows. And before BXO was there, it's just it's pretty boring right there's no entertainment it's just like all right this is what happened around the league and this is what happened in this game and Mm -hmm. we got commercials and we're going back but you you watch the guys on tnt like charles barkley and Shaq and all those guys and it's uh it's just so much more entertaining because they're just guys having fun talking about the game uh and that's what people want right people want you know it's intermission sit back uh, grab a snack and just you know watch some people talk and, and hopefully it's enter- more entertaining than just like whatever news is going on around the league exactly and the saddest thing you said there was that when 2002 you said uh, your childhood and i was already 28 years old so thanks a lot man yeah i was uh, i was five okay thank you <laughs> just uh just to add to it a little bit um <laughs> all right we are at the 11 o'clock mark a little bit over um I do. Uh, I, I just want to say uh, thank you guys uh, again, everyone, for hanging out. Uh, you can follow all of our stuff down below. Hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. We're at 43. Mm-hmm. Get that number up. Let's break 50 at least by the time our episode ends here. And of course, if you missed any part of the show tonight, you can just rewind. We're on YouTube. You can just go back, yeah. watch the whole thing. Or if you want to listen to the audio version tomorrow morning, it'll be up on your podcast platforms spotify apple Podcasts, all that stuff in the next in spot on spotify it'll be up in 20 minutes apple podcast takes a few hours uh but they'll all be up tonight ready for you in the morning on your way to work or whatever you're doing uh for your day um really happy with the turnout we had tonight especially with uh, the canucks losing a bunch in a row um but clay i want to say thank you again uh this is always a lot of fun uh and uh looking forward to next week Yes, Parker. It's always good. This is our fourth episode, so we've made it through our first month. So congratulations to you, and thanks to all the viewers who have, if you've been here from the very start, we appreciate you. And if not, don't worry, you didn't miss much. There's only been four shows, 
But yes, exactly what Parker said. Uh, watch this again, listen to it again, and leave that review. We appreciate all the support and it helps us. It motivates us. Even though I'm sure we'd be still doing this if there are only six people in here as opposed to, to 60. But we appreciate you very much. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a, a bit more to talk about in terms of wins when we're getting together next Monday. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the calendar, uh, there's only, we only have one, like next week is our last episode. The The season ends on the 16th, right? 19th for us. 19th. Okay. So we have yeah. two more episodes of actual Canucks season, but after <laughs> that, we're getting into, into draft talk uh, and yeah. all that good stuff. So we're going to keep going as long as you guys keep showing up. So again, uh, we hit the 50 likes. So good job. Thank you, everyone. I hope you guys have a lovely night. Get some sleep. I know I need some. Uh, and we will see you guys. Uh, I mean, Canucks play tomorrow. So we'll each have our own videos tomorrow night. Uh, thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.